talk about? We started talking about podcasts and how it's gone, haven't we? And then we were saying about whether you prefer to listen to a podcast or whether you prefer to watch a podcast. And you prefer watching and I prefer listening. Yeah. Um, I prefer watching because I'm a very visual person. Yeah, yeah. So I want to be able to see um, the person that's talking. And it's weird because when I listen to the radio, I don't have that... <laughs> I don't have that problem, which is a bit strange. But yeah, when I want to, maybe it's different because podcasts are generally informative, they're interesting, and radio's not. I don't, I don't know. It's um, yeah, radio's on in the background, just entertaining you in exactly, that sense. It's entertainment, not it's filling a space rather than educating you. That's it. And I think also when you're driving along, listening to a podcast, it's harder to take in that information. Well, you see, I listen to books. Yeah, I so, can't do that either. Yeah, so and and I I really enjoy listening to books, which means I must get around to do my book on. I just well, you've got the the kit to do it. I know, but Will's Will suggested doing it through interview, like having a chat, read a chapter, and then chat about the chapter and okay. doing it that way. Which I suppose you and I could probably do that together. Yeah, yeah saves it. you reading it then, doesn't well, it? Well, exactly. That's <laughs> it. I can read it and then ask you about it. But it's um, quite interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Start it's a just... new series. What would you call it? Angie's Book Corner. <laughs> it could do. <laughs> I kind of started kicking my backside to do some more writing because, but it's funny because last night, well, Dave's not been brilliant. So he sat in front watching some really odd programs, the kind of programs that you really like watching, i.e., those police programs where okay. they go in and raid houses and various yeah. other bits and pieces and stop people on the side of the road and stuff. And I have no interest in watching that because it just irritates me because they get off and they don't get punished and there's, the police there's have there's been treated so badly. Yes, that's it. There's a new one that's out in the minute. I can't remember what it's called, but it's on Channel 5. Uh, and it, they tell you what the punishment they get is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's actually really good. because yeah, most of them get off. A lot of them do, but at least you know. Yeah, but I've, I don't think that's right. If you can see it on the TV that somebody has been abusive to another individual, why should they get off with it? Yeah, that's very true. You know, and they're not abusive just to any Tom, Dick and Harry either. Or does that then give them permission to be abusive to any Tom, Dick or Harry? But also they're, they're violating somebody in their workplace, which is a policeman yes. trying to do his job. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why would you think that that's okay? Yeah, that's it, exactly. And, and I'm so glad that, uh, the government brought out the law around um, you know, causing any kind of harm to an emergency service worker because that's how now they, they get away yeah, to yeah. prosecute people. Good, good. Because, you know, it is, it is really wrong. Yeah. You know, if you're a policeman or a police person, I should say, police officer, a paramedic or a, or a fire or firefighter, you, know, you shouldn't get... Have to put up with that. Put up with abuse of any what? kind, physical or... I, I was just talking to one of my team and they've just had to deal with a situation and it's like, don't don't put up with it. No, exactly. But by all means, give somebody the skills to then go, how am I going to do my anger management? Because this was the discussion, oh, well, I've dealt with it. And I said, I'm, I'm almost, the member of staff said, I'm almost worried about if I say you need to look at your anger management, yeah. that actually I'm going to kick that person off. And I said, well, if they're like that, let, get them to leave. They don't need to stay in a rehab. If they don't want to look at their behavior, which is what they're there to do, then actually. They're not ready for rehab. They're not also. ready for rehab. Exactly. And it's like, and what I just heard wasn't very pleasant. And I just thought, do you know what? People don't go to work to be treated like that. No, exactly. You wouldn't allow it in any other kind of workplace. No. Why? Why do people in the public sector kind of 
should they suffer it? They shouldn't. Do Do you think? Because I think they do. Do you think you become desensitized to a certain degree? I think there's an element of it. I remember going to um, visit an organisation a couple of years ago now before COVID, um, and I was going there to do a presentation to some of their senior team, and walked in and, and their receptionist almost presumed that I was a client <laughs> and their their sort of their heckles went up they they sort of they they just became a very different wow. person when anybody got to the front of the queue yeah, yeah um it was very visible and you know as soon as I said oh you know the senior management team and so on a complete persona changed sad isn't it? And it, it's really sad because I suspect they've had to become like that because of you know they've had some hostility bad experience but also it that that's you could go the other way couldn't you are people not kind to those people because that's how they approach yeah a lot of people out there think that you know by by shouting and screaming they're going to get the answer or resolution that they want um you know you 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 hear all the time about people that ring up call centers um because their washing machine not working or whatever it might be and all they do is shout and scream and you're not you're not going to get a resolution just because you shout and scream you can achieve the same by just being calm and polite and kind you don't have to be this really horrible nasty person but sometimes when you don't feel that you're getting heard so i had an incident quite recently when trying to get some professional body to come and help and uh, they 55 minutes later, you're still waiting on the end of the phone. Yeah. And then, and in the end, I rang them back and said, this is not okay. You cannot be leaving me here in a vulnerable situation without any support. It's your job. Yeah. Get somebody out here now, please. And they did. And they were pretty good. They did. But, you know, you've, that's an hour later. You don't know what's going to happen between that time. And I think that that's always a, a, but I, I understand. I could scream and shout. I have screamed and shouted. I'd be lying if I said I haven't. And sometimes I think that I'm not a screamer or a shouter. But yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's a time and a place. I, I've got and, cross. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have as well. And I've been um, annoyed and upset when when I've spoken to people and you know, reflected that that was a bad thing to do. Um, but I certainly don't set out to yeah. do that. Um, I think it's more about, you know, what, no. what point are you trying to make? And you don't have to be horrible or nasty to make that point. But when you've been sat on a phone, so for example, I was having a, something delivered from a very well-known company and they were delivering this to the house and uh, I had a set date, a set time-ish, you know, within a few hours. Yeah. And so I arranged for somebody to sit at the house because I had other appointments that I had to go to. And there was nobody else around the farm, which is unusual. I hasten to add, it is unusual, but there wasn't anybody around. And so I paid somebody to come and sit because it was it was the best way. I don't have family, so it was not like I could call on anybody. So I paid this person to come in to sit in for six hours. And then literally on the morning that they were delivering, they cancelled yeah. on that morning. And it's like, well, so what do I say to the person that's expecting that six hours pay? Exactly, yeah. Oh, sorry, they've changed their mind. They're going to do it tomorrow. And actually, I'm home tomorrow, so I don't need you. You can't do that. No, exactly. I, I had a, a similar experience literally 
last week, um, I'd ordered a, a bed frame um, for a property, and it was it had been ordered, been on order for about three weeks. Um, you know, they've taken the money, money the day that I ordered it. And I don't know, it must have been every day leading up to the delivery delay, they would text me reminding me that they're going to deliver. Yeah, same here. Right. And then on the day of the delivery, I get a phone call at about, I don't know, half 10 in the morning saying, oh, sorry, we haven't got stock to deliver this. <laughs> and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, you've been texting me. You must have known when you sold this product, whether you had the stock on. Yeah. Even if you um, had the stock coming in and something had happened, surely you know that before the morning of the delivery. And I just thought, this is just ridiculous. But what made me laugh, um, I just sort of said, yeah, okay, whatever, when can you deliver it? And it's now in another three weeks. But what made me laugh is at about 12 o'clock, the delivery driver phoned me saying, oh, we're next, you're next in the, the queue for your delivery. I'm like, oh, right, how far away are you? He said, oh, 10, 15 minutes. I said, that's really strange because literally two hours ago, somebody phoned me, told, told me he had no stock. Are you sure you've got it on the back of your lorry? And he says, oh, well, let me go and check. And he went and checked and he goes, yeah, it's not here. And you think, so you've wasted your own delivery driver's time as well. Yeah, yeah. And you think, you know, that's just poor management, surely. But they also subcontract. They do. So they, and that's the thing. They'll subcontract that delivery man out, won't they? And yeah. they won't necessarily take any notice of it. No, that's it. And they just, there's this attitude of, oh, well. Yeah. And they just sort of shrug their shoulders. And I think that's just a really poor attitude to have when you have people that are working for you. You know, I think if I I'd booked people to come and do a job and then on the morning they said, oh, I'm sorry, you can't do that job. The materials haven't arrived. You know, I, I'd be really yeah. embarrassed about it. But also that, that's, that's on me. But that doesn't that happen? Because that happens for Dave all the time. So he's ordered the materials. They're supposed to be here the day before or that very early, the early first drop. Yeah. It'll be the first drop on that day. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we couldn't deliver it today. You'll be the first drop. And we've got somebody here that's working for him and we're paying that person and it doesn't arrive. It's um, It is very common, especially in the, like the building trade. I was going to say the building trade, but I was also I was going to say, say yeah, everywhere yeah. right I think now. you're probably right. But um, I think touch wood, I've not had that. I generally try to get it delivered a day or a couple of days before the work's going to happen. Um, it doesn't always happen, and, and there are times where we have to we have to reschedule the work. Yeah, yeah. But it's certainly not on the day. Um, it will be the day before at the sort of worst-case scenario. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... It really, it really pains me. I think is probably the expression to use when organisations cannot organise their stock, their deliveries, all of that. It's not that complicated, really. I understand that things occasionally go wrong, but when you are constantly—I mean, I, I, I am not as patient as you, and I'm certainly not as patient as Dave. Dave's got the patience of a saint because I would have lost my temper in a nice way. I wouldn't have been abusive, but I would have said, "This is not acceptable." And if you're a business that sells things online and delivers them, I'm not being funny, but the most important part of your business is having that stock and delivering it. Yeah. So to phone up and then say on the day of the delivery, ah, oh, sorry, we've not got any stock, I just think that's crazy. But yeah. The bit that also annoys me, as we're in a world now where the cost of living is going up. They've been holding on to my £350 now. 
for the best part of six weeks and I don't have the product. So my argument is, is I paid you for a product that you've not given me. All they're doing now is holding my money yeah. until that stock comes yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. using my money to purchase yeah. Yeah, the stock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is okay, but not, well, no, it's not. not when you don't tell me you're doing that. Well, no, it's not because that's not normal practice. It's not normal practice. You know, I agree. And you're a business and yeah. their business can pay in 30 days. It can, exactly. That's it. So they've had effectively double. Um, you know, they've had double, double whammy, really, because you know, hopefully their credit terms are good, but also they've had the money from the customer up front. Um, it, I, it's just a bizarre concept that you can sell a product that you do not actually Even have. have. Now, it might be that you know, the product was damaged in the warehouse or, or whatever, but that's not what they said. They said, we don't have it in stock. That's different. Um, maybe it's because they're not being honest. I don't know. Or they shouldn't have taken the order in the first place and said out of stock. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I and I know people have been struggling to get stock in since COVID. Mm-hmm. For some reason now we're still, people are still using that as an excuse, aren't they? And they're still using it as a reason not to provide a service, which I find very ironic. Really. I mean, you've got, you had, You've had COVID, but you still function. Do you know what I'm saying? You can still run your business. You can still do what you need to do. I think that a lot of businesses have are still using the COVID excuse. Um, you know, the, I think the financial, um, the financial industry, banks, mortgage companies—they're all using COVID as a massive excuse. Um, even even legal firms are, um, and I think a lot of that is due to um, the working from home culture. Um, in that, yes, it's important that we allow people to work from home, but you know, not when their job depends on things like paperwork being signed. Yeah. You know, if they need to sign paperwork or view paperwork or post paperwork, so if you've got to post some paperwork to your bank or mortgage application, you, know, you need a physical person to go in and look at that. Yeah, yeah. But that person now only goes into the office once, once a week. week. What that then means is, is that if you miss them. By a day, you've got a whole week to wait for yeah, yeah, seven days gets isn't it? looked at. Everything becomes elongated and delayed. And I'm sure we'll talk about that on a podcast later on. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's bizarre. I saw a, a really interesting tweet from somebody the other day who's uh they're sort of a what are they? They're, a, they're like a business um educator, I suppose is the word. And uh it, it was along the lines of um my staff team um i you know they, they keep asking for remote working um so today i introduced them to the remote team that's going to take their jobs because what <laughs> what he was basically saying is is that you know if you don't want to come into the office you don't want to see customers you don't want to do any of our stuff then i might as well i may well as go and offshore my team and make them remote because the business will you know it, it's much cheaper to do that yeah um well, you found that as well in your well, own exactly business, haven't you? I have found that. Um, having an element of, of using remote working um, offshore, um, you know, you can achieve things differently. Yeah. Um, there are cost savings. Um, but also you, you come across some uh, incredible flexibility yeah. that I think a lot of people in our country don't have. Um, I've got somebody that... You know, is, a, is, a, is a young mother um, who 
um, you know, need to look after her, her children around school times and dinner times and bath times, all of that kind of stuff. But she kind of fits her work in around her day. Yeah. So she'll do a little bit early morning. She'll do some sort of over that span of lunchtime and into the afternoon. Then her kids come home from school. She sorts them out. And then she gets back onto her computer in the evening. Yeah. So while she still does a full day's work, it's split up. It's almost like a split shift. Does that bother you, though? That- um, no, not at all, because the work gets done. Um, and it, it it's just, I think, a show of sort of compassion and flexibility, which I think a lot of people aren't interested in doing here. I think they think that, you know, if flexible working is between the hours of nine to five. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they might want flexible working and they might want to work, I don't know, from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. They don't want to work from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Because 5 p.m. in most people's minds is that's the end of work. We don't do work after 5 p.m. Yeah. Well, that's not quite what flexible working is. You know, flexible working works both ways for the employer and um, staff member. Um, but, yeah, it, it is really interesting. Um, I've got a friend who, who's... Uh, a software developer and um you know he's he's worked from home now for the last well throughout covid really three years and um the company that he works for wanted um to start bringing people back into the office for a couple of days a week um and he he said oh, i think i'm gonna change jobs because he just does not want to go and work in an office and i said to him i said well you know you You've got the flexibility that you're talking about two days a week is not a lot. No. But what he's realized is, is that the cost of going to work now for those two days a week is more than it was for five days a week before the pandemic and all the prices. Really? Yeah, he's calculated it. Um, so I kind of get where, where he's coming from. But yeah, it, we're in interesting times. I mean, you look at some of the other big organizations out there. Um, you know, Tesla's a really good example where Elon Musk is saying, you know, if you don't come back to work, you, you don't, don't have, have a job, job anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a that's a very extreme way to do it. But you know, there's lots of studies out there for both sides. Yeah, because there's what they say though, isn't there? There's a level of more production when people are in the office and then there's some people that are less productive when they're in the office or it implies that and they're more productive when they're at home and I'm going to be really controversial and I wonder if like you were talking about the the young lady that does the work for you and I wonder if it's sometimes a bit more of a is it a like let's say females might be better working from homes and then males or or people that have got children or people that don't have do you know what I'm saying and it's is it the yeah. structures that you've developed I think that it's I'm not sure that it's gender specific or age specific yeah. I think it's more role specific so I think it depends on what the role is so if you are in a role that is fairly lone working um you know someone that provides computer support is an yeah, example yeah. you know that is a role that can quite easily be done at home um, and the reason I say that is, you know, nine times out of 10, they've got headphones on, they're on the phone to a customer, uh, they're sharing a screen, that kind of thing. That that can happen from home and productivity can probably be very, very similar. Yeah. Um, mainly because it's also an inbound type role, you know, it's an inbound customer service. So you kind of, you take the phone calls and you don't. Yeah. And that's also easily measured. Um, 
from a stats perspective. So an employer can verify that somebody's working. If you are um, in an admin role, whereby, yes. <laughs> where, whereby your job is to deal with, I don't know, let's say, um, I don't know, just emails, general yeah, emails. Yeah. Um, again, you can measure that based on based on emails and how they're being dealt with. Um, but whether you do fifty in an hour or five in an hour, you know, you almost need to go back three years to when that person or that role was in the office and say, well, did they do more or less at that time yeah. compared with now? Um, and and there's clearly a lot more distractions at home. You know, you have got essentially children. Delivery. I mean, the, the number of times I've been on a Zoom call, and um, I've had a delivery happening while I'm on a call. Yeah, I know that's um, But the people that I've been on Zoom calls with, they, they, I reckon probably almost fifty percent of Zoom calls I'm on it. At least somebody in the in the Zoom calls had a delivery. Um, which is quite funny, really. Um, but I, you know, you've got distractions like that. You've got distractions like the weather. Um, all of that kind of stuff that goes on. The, the dog news, that needs walking, the cats, the rabbit that. in the garden needs feeding. and But isn't that the problem? I think potentially it is. But those problems are not, you know, you have got distractions in, in an office environment. You know, you've got the, the sort of the chit chat around. The yeah, yeah, I agree with you. The old adage goes. Go out and have a fag, do this, do that. that stuff. So I think, I think there's pros and cons for both. And, and like I said, in my view, I think it's about role. What is the role, and is that a role that can be done um, professionally and well in a home home working yeah, environment? Yeah. See, I work. I mean, I do counselling, obviously, as you know, but and I do work from Zoom. Yeah, you know, and I actually have found it really effective, particularly for people that live in America yeah. and various other places that I they can't commute and I can't commute. But I just do feel sometimes that some people take advantage of it. And and perhaps it's a discussion to pick up at a later date, really, about I think it is. Um, and it would be great for anybody that's, that's watching or listening to give us their kind of views in, in the comments or, or email us. But we'll end it there, shall we? We should. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>